Hi, and welcome to In the Cosm. I'm your host, Canadian speculative fiction author, Kat Gordon. I've started this podcast so I can chat with authors and other creatives I simply fangirl over. I hope you enjoy diving into my microcosm and feel inspired to seek out the works of these amazing humans. Hi, I'm Kat Gordon, and today is an exciting day because it's the very first episode of the very first season of In the Cosm. I'm so delighted to have with me Canadian speculative fiction and romance author, poet, and painter, Jameson Wolfe. Jameson is the award-winning author of Love and Lemonade, which is the third book in the Lemonade series published by Renaissance Press. He's also a number one best-selling author for his book of poetry, Living Beyond the Waves. His short work of fiction, The Descent, appears in the award-nominated anthology, Nothing Without Us. And he wrote an incredible memoir called Little Yellow Magnet, all about his life after receiving an MS diagnosis. Welcome, Jameson. Yay, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I personally feel you don't do enough award-worthy stuff. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I'm I, I typically have this thing that I, I don't feel like I do enough. But you know, I write, I paint, I exercise, I you know, I, I work full time and and I still have this drive to do more. I know, but like you're making me tired. <laughs> I, I see your Facebook post. I wrote this book and that book, and I'm sending this book out. So I think you're doing really well. I think so. Well, uh, my husband Michael always says, you know, you do more with people I know that don't have a disability or disease. You know, um, so you know, it's all good. I just got to sparkle. Keep on sparkling, and uh, I do appreciate all the sparkles you've been sending to me. Uh, over the last few days, because it's been a challenging time for all of us, really. Well, yeah, we're kind of watching the world implode, you know, um, and hoping that it finds a way to hold itself together. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's great to have community uh, at a time like this as well. Um, but I'm going to start asking you a bunch of questions, because I'm sure our audience is dying to learn more about this award winning, uh, nominated, all kinds of stuff, author. Um, okay, so again, I mentioned about social media, and I know you spent a lot of 2020 writing. Yes. Um, can you please share with us what you've been working on? Um, well, in 2020, I, um, what did I do? So I wrote uh, a novel called Queen of Swords, um, and it actually tells the fool's journey. And at Tarot Deck, there's the, the major arcana. So what I wanted to do was um, actually write a book about tarot, but as a novel. Um, so it, it, it takes one chapter per card um, and goes through the whole story with um, a, a woman that's trying to find herself in a dystopian world. Uh, that's all I'll say right now. Uh, but I will say the pandemic actually became a backstory in the novel, which I wasn't expecting. Oh, very cool. Um, I had the pleasure of listening um, with a few other authors to some of Queen of Swords, and <laughs> we uh, were all rather enthralled. When it was your time to stop reading, we're like, "What? You're going to stop there?" <laughs> stop somewhere, but uh, no, it's it's unlike anything I've ever written before. Um, and uh, you know, I really enjoyed it, and I really hope other people do too. Uh, it's currently being looked at for acceptance, so cross your fingers. Um, I also wrote um, a novel called. Uh, blah, 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 or oh, the Book of Lost Souls. Um, 
about um, a wizard Xavier who's disabled on the page um, and his best friend, um, uh, Felicia, his best friend Felicia, I almost forgot the name there for a second. Um, and she's a trans witch. Um, and, you know, she became more powerful once she accepted who she really was. Um, and Xavier has to fight to accept who he is with having a disability. Very cool. Hmm. I mean, um, when I think about it, like you say, fight to accept who he is, is that what you just said? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important as disabled folks to talk about things like internal ableism, internalized ableism, because it is a thing that we pretty much all of us have gone through. Um, I, in, in your story, The Descent, what I really loved about that story, you know, um, a wizard who um, is fighting the, the embodiment of his disability. Yeah. Um, can you just explain a little bit what The Descent is? Because it's such a fascinating story. Um, well, The, the Descent um, concerns uh, a, a wizard named Jackson, um, who is going to see the Oracle in hopes of finding a cure for his multiple sclerosis. Um, and it, it's really, you know, me on the page, really. Um, and he has to make a voyage to the Oracle. Um, and every voyage for every person is different. Um, and so his voyage um, is kind of like my worst nightmare. He has to go down, um, you know, I think it's 105 steps. Oh know? my gosh. <laughs> uh, and, and meanwhile, he's talking to the embodiment of his MS, who he has made into a character, has given him a name of Max Shadow. Um, and that was the name I gave my MS, you know, because as a writer, you know, I always give names to things I do not understand. Um, mm. Thereby, it allows me to, to, to fight it more, um, if that makes sense, or easier to fight. Um, like, knowledge is power, so if it has a name, it can be killed, theoretically. And so that's um, the whole setup of the story. Um, but it goes a lot differently than uh, Jackson has planned. And, and that's what I love, right? When there's like an own voices author writing something, you, the, the tropes tend to be circumvented and you get uh, an ending that maybe people wouldn't normally expect who don't have that lived experiences. So um, I, I love that. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of segues into my second question. Okay. Um, you are very open about having MS and cerebral palsy. Um, and Little Yellow Magnet was so honest, so gripping. You know, it's very, I have to tell the audience that um, we have this little joke that I'm the official editor of Jameson Wolf and you are the official Jameson Wolf. Yep. And uh, one of the most challenging things for me as an editor of your work is not reading ahead. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, 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 you have to edit this now. You can't just speed read it. Um, but Little Yellow Magnet, I found particularly uh, raw, honest. Um, and I've noticed that more and more you've started to include disabled characters in your works of fiction, yeah. um, like Descent, and you also have a character in Love and Lemonade. Um, can you tell us more about, you know, what was like for you to write Little Yellow Magnet and how that influenced you to perhaps write more disabled characters in your work? Um, well, it's funny, I mean, years ago, um... And a friend at the time asked me, it's like, oh, are you going to ever write a novel with a disabled character? Um, 
And I said, nope. I said, you know, I, I write my blog two steps at a time. Um, and I figured that was enough. That was that should be enough. Um, mm. uh, and you know, I said to him, I said, who would want to read about someone like me? You know, mm. but that, that's the mindset that I have. And then I realized um, was after um, when I sat down to unknowingly write Little Yellow Magnet. Um, I had the idea of everyone saying like, oh, you're you know, you're so positive all the time. You know, how do you do it with living with multiple sclerosis and cerebral palsy? And so I said, well, I, wrote, I sat down to write a book of positivity. However, that book was 28 pages. Uh, <laughs> that was it, you know, because uh, I'm like, oh, you know, let, let's focus on, you know, okay, so I do meditation, I, I look into my spirit, and I read tarot cards, and, you know, I try to be kind to myself, but it's like, mm, that's not going to make a book, you know? Mm. Um, so writing Little Yellow Magnet um, came about because I realized I had to write the whole thing. The yes. whole thing, um, like everything from you know first day of the journey to and and not just the journey with NS, but everything else that was going on around me at the time. Um, and so it, I knew it would be a warts and all book. Um, and I don't know, most grueling year and a half I took to write that book. Um, and it's not very long; it's two hundred and something pages. Um, but oh my gosh, you know, um, it was it was grueling, but it was cathartic in a way, you know, to get that out on the page. Um, and I realized how much I was holding on to, um, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But after, after writing that, it was like, well, okay, I did that. So I can do characters. I can write about people like me. I can write about my experience, not just in a memoir. Um, but I wrote, uh, the character Zach into Love and Lemonade. Um, and in particular, because, um, when I was trying to date before I met my husband, um, Dating was not fun. Uh, dating was not fun at all because in the gay community, especially, um, you know, if you have a disease, a disorder, disability, you're discarded. You know, in, I, I'm speaking personal experience. Like you know. in your, yeah, in your personal experience in the community that you were in, right? Yeah. 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 And, and that's just the way. Um, so then I thought, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if somebody read that book and they saw, you know, a disabled person, you know, falling in love, you know, like I did with Michael. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and he's a great character as well. Uh, I was really, I was really thrilled to find out that you were going to include. Um, I think it's, it's Zach, right? Is yeah, the character? Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, I was so happy when you were saying that you were going to include that character. But I get very happy when there's more disabled characters in fiction. Period. Right? Especially written by disabled people but originally i was going to write i wanted a disabled character in the third novel i was going to write somebody in a wheelchair mm. uh, but i was like i don't know anything about that i have no idea about being in a wheelchair so again i wrote my own voice you know so zach is pretty much me like um as a character he loves books um is thrilled that the guy he's dating william has like a whole library uh you know and, and just there's joy there but there's also determination and you know guts to keep going yeah, exactly, right? Awesome. Yay. Um, oh, <laughs> this is a question where, because I am going with fear and trembling into the world of self-publishing this year. Okay. I, I still love my Renaissance Press. Uh, it's just I, I, uh, in my personal journey, I decided to revisit my very first novel. And um, the protagonist is an alcoholic. I am also a recovering alcoholic. And I thought, I need to get this out in the world. I just passed 30 years of sobriety and such. 
And um, yay for me, woo! And what most people are thinking is, what? This is you sober? Um, but, but we were talking, you and I, the other day about what it's like to be a hybrid author. Um, and, and for those who don't know the term, that's someone who is both traditionally published by a publisher and someone who self-publishes or is an independent author. Um, so what do you, so you are a hybrid author, right? Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. How is it being a, a hybrid author? What are the things you like, dislike, those kinds of um, I think for the most part, I mean, I love, um, my, my writing output tends to be a lot, you know? Um, and I know, you know, after a solid edit, like it's good stuff, um, but publishers don't always take it and publishing can be as, as traditional, being blah, published traditionally is difficult because that publisher is always looking for something specific that, you know, they're looking for something in particular. Mm. Uh, and so they might not publish it, they might not accept it. Um, and then for me, like I have, like my, I write my, my poems, my anthologies of poetry, um, you know, I know those are good. I know those are great, like I, you know, um, so why not put them out there? Um, and it's a sense of freedom. Um, like I don't need to have a publisher. I can be my own publisher. Um, I can do it myself. That being said, um, while I love doing it myself, um, my God, technology is annoying. As I'll mm -hmm. get out, um, I'm, I'm putting out my um, first novella, as you know, The Ghost Mirror. And, yes. And the issues I had with that, trying to get that out, have been awful. Uh, and, but you know what? ultimately worth it. It's like trying to do a puzzle and make sure all the pieces are trying to fit together. And then when you get the piece, it's like, yes, you know, I did that. <laughs> it's uh, so satisfying. <laughs> oh, that was me last night. It was just like, I was like, well, I've done this. I've done this. How can you out there's an error? What error? You know, I'm yelling at my computer. And then when it finally worked, it was like, yes. you know, Michael was like, are you okay? I'm like, fine, I'm fine. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so while it can be frustrating, it's ultimately gratifying. Um, and then, well, then the, the response I get, I get more responses from my poems and my memoir, uh, that I put oh. out than all the other books that I have out with traditional publishers. Um, not saying that those books are bad, but they're really good. Cause you know, I wrote them. So I'm awesome. <laughs> they're awesome. There's the, I'm concerned about your lack of confidence, Jameson. I just thought uh, I would put it out there. <laughs> my mother will probably listen to this going, well, there's that humbleness I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, publishing yourself gives you a certain amount of power. I mean, the royalties go right to you. Um, and it's just, there's something wonderful about it, you know, that the whole world of publishing has changed, right? Mm. Um, and the majority of stuff out there is self-published now, um, yeah. a lot. So, and people love it. So if, if, if you love your words enough, put them out there, don't be afraid. Yes, exactly. And um, most of my clients are independent authors and the quality of their work is outstanding. Yeah. Um, and I, I think too, that when you are a marginalized author as well, uh, there's, from what I have been hearing, there's less of a chance of getting traditionally published unless perhaps a small press uh, has a focus of diversity in their authors and their stories and such. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know enough about what it's like to be with a big publisher. I, I know I love my little indie, uh, the, my small press renaissance, I love them. Um, but for me, I, I just like you did your first novella, 
Yeah. I, I really felt I had a story to tell with that very first novel I wrote in my 20s and then hid it away for a couple of decades or so. <laughs> um, but about first things, talk to us a bit about the ghost mirror, because that was really interesting to, for me as an editor to say, hey, let's see what past Jameson is like and what kind of stories. And for, I found with the ghost mirror, that even though it was your first work, the storytelling that is so you was still there. Yeah. And yeah. what was that the whole experience of revisiting the ghost mirror like for you? It was amazing. I mean, it's been out of print since, oh gosh, um, okay, well, E-Treasures Press, or E-Treasures Publishing went out of business um, a few years ago. So I think they've been out of, uh, it's been out of print for quite a while. Um, and I thought, well, you know, it's, I love this book, you know, um, so I wanted to revisit it and get it out there. Um, Cause it, you know, I always want that first book somewhere uh, out there in the world kind of, to kind of show where I started and where I've gotten to, like the growth as an author. Um, so it was important to me to get it out there in the world, but um, reading it again was just like, wow. And it brought up everything. It brought up um, like the fact that Maeve was actually named after my cat that I had at the time. Um, That's true. And uh, yeah, my my monkey, um, and she was 17 when she passed away. So reading that, you know, uh, it was like, oh, you know, there's me. Uh, that way she's always alive on the page somehow. Um, but then um, I, I wrote it because I was out of work. Um, mm -hmm. I write about, about, about this briefly in the, in the forward, but then it brought back those memories too. And my stepfather um, at the time, um, Mark, he said, well, he's like, don't worry about being out of work. You'll get a job. He's like, you always wanted to write. Do you have an idea? Do you have a story? And I was like, well, yeah, but I, you know, it's not any good. And he's like, no, you know what? Write it. Um, do it. Write it. And um, when, when you're done, you'll get a job. And I'm like, oh, whatever, fine. So, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I wrote it. Um, and it was just so neat to, to delve into something longer than a short story or a poem. Um, and thinking about that as I wrote this, it's like, you know, kind of thinking, don't you, you always have to believe in yourself, you mm. know? Um, like when I wrote it, I had no idea what I was doing. I no clue, none at all, but I wrote it anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it came out so beautifully. Um, and it's still one of my favorite books, especially because of the first one, but mostly because it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really, I really enjoyed it. I love the, the, the world building, the characters. Um, it's available now on Amazon, right? The Ghost Mirror? Yep, uh, Amazon and ebook. The paperback is coming soon. Um, the Kobo version should be coming shortly. Mm -hmm. um, and there'll be other um, retailers as well. Now, do you plan to write a, to more uh, sequels to The oh, Ghost yeah. Mirror? Well, the idea originally, um, I wrote The Ghost Mirror, and then I wrote my first romance novel. Uh, mm. And like, oh, well, I haven't done this before. Let's try this. You know? and, <laughs> uh, and now I've written like over 40 romance novels. Um, my goodness. So those took off, and, um, and Ghost Mirror just kind of took a back seat. Um, but I've always regretted not, well, not regretted. I've always wondered what would have happened. So I, the original idea was to have a trilogy of short novels, uh, The Ghost Mirror, The Silver Glass, and The Last Witch. Um, and, you know, telling Maeve's whole story. Well, I can't wait to read those because I, I, I've been having a difficulty concentrating um, in this last uh, 12 months and having a, a, a great paced short 
work like a novella. Yeah. It just kept me engaged. And I think, I think, you know, I love writing long works and I used to love reading long works, but there is something really great about short works as well. Do you agree with that? I do. I just finished um, uh, the colors of my uh, the colors of my past by Laura Esquivel. Mm. Um, it's the uh, sequel to like Water for Chocolate. Um, oh my gosh! Oh, so good. So I finished <laughs> last night, but, and um, at first I thought, oh my god, it's been thirty years. Like, honey, why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you never know. Um, but it's just so beautiful. It, it um, and I thought, you know, would it lose the magic? Because but, and now it doesn't have the setup of the, the recipes, uh, but it still feels the same. Um, nice. And it was, it's only um, what, 111 pages. Um, so like bing, bang, boom, I was done. I think the first day I read like 45%, you know? Right. Um, and so having that done, but then having something that moved me so emotionally, but not be this long book uh, mm. was beautiful. Cause it was like taking a sip of really cold water that satisfies. Lovely. Hey, that's a great, that's a great review. Yay. It like quenches a thirst as a reader, right? And it did. It was all about food and love and family and uh, magical realism still. Um, and just uh, about acceptance. So it was just this gorgeous book, but it was, it felt like a big book. Like mm. the, the emotion and everything in it felt like a big book in the end. Well, that sounds fantastic. Um, it's funny when you started talking about like food and family and friendship and such, I started thinking about your lemonade series, yeah. which for me, it was, um, it's like the, it reminds me of tales of the city, but in its own, it has its own style, but it's reminiscent of that found family. Yeah, well, um, that was the intent. Um, yeah. So, uh, my question is, I know awards aren't everything. You know, they don't actually change how good a book is or not, but it must have felt really good to win that award for Love and Lemonade last year. Yeah. Uh, best GL GLBTQ book of 2019. Yay! And that um, was Love and Romance Cafe, right? LR Cafe? Yeah, LR Cafe, Love and Romance Cafe, um, written, uh, run by Don Roberto. Um, and it was just a beautiful surprise. I was, I was like, you know, they always say like, oh, it was a surprise to be nominated. Well, it was. I was like, what do you mean, Lonnie? Like, I didn't know. Okay, great. Well, let's let's try. Let's hope. Um, and it was just nice um, to see recognition in that way, you know, mm -hmm. to have, um, well, to have, well, to win an award any, any way you win it is an amazing thing. But then to have um, a book that you spent, you know, like a year writing, you know, that you worked hard on it was the, it was the hardest book to write because it was the third book of the trilogy. Mm. And it had to tie up all the loose ends that had left, you know? Right. Yeah. And so it was just like, oh, it was actually the first book I kind of plotted. I don't normally plot. Uh, oh. No, I don't plot at all because I get writer's block that way. Uh, you know, because the characters do what they want. They're like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> and like, yeah, but you have to. No, I don't want to do that. But I, but I, I wrote this down. I don't care. I'm doing this. Um, so I, they, they kind of agreed to go with me on this one. But, um, oh, that's nice of them, really. <laughs> oh, you know, I was very thankful. But then to, to win an award, you know, for a book, um, I don't know, it just, it makes everything worth it, you know, uh, or that, that it's like gratification, you get noticed, you know. I mean, it's nice to have that peer recognition, right? Yeah, of course it is. You know, um, anyway, we were all very proud of you for winning that 
and uh, good for you that you you now have stickers on your copies that you yes, have. I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's and they're gold and sparkly. You know. Gold and sparkly. That is totally you. Yep. Okay, so now we're we're get, I can't believe we're getting towards the end of this podcast. How is that possible, even? Dun dun dun. So it's twenty twenty one. Yeah. What do you hope to achieve this year? Um. Well. Um. Writing wise, I want to uh, finish the second and hopefully the third book of the um, Clock Tower trilogy. Um. And the first book is coming out from Renaissance later this year. Yay. Woo! Um, woo. And then um, I want to work on being kinder to myself. Because um, mm. I hold myself to this ridiculously high standard. Um, and then I can't possibly reach it. And then when I don't reach it, I get upset. And I go in like a downward spiral. Um, and I get angry at myself because I feel like a failure for some reason. But then I set this level myself. You know, I don't know. I don't know why I do it. So I need to stop that. Um, I need to rewire the way I think, but yeah, so I mostly be kind to myself. Um, and given how 2021 is starting a lot like the end of 2020, um, oh, somebody I, said that uh, 2021 is actually three 2020s wearing a trench coat, you know, like yeah. in disguise with a hat oh, on top. There's one, um, Paul Atkinson is a um, uh, uh, podcaster over there, like. And um, he said, oh, welcome to day number, you know, what, uh, 49 of December 2020, you know. Yes, exactly. Um, no, so for me, I just want to focus on spreading joy and spreading cheer um, and helping to, I don't know, make the lives of other people's people better just by being there for them or, you know, um, sending them sparkle emojis, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, um, in my experience with my circle of disabled friends, we tend to be so good to each other and yeah. so hard on ourselves. And, you know, it's normally you want to tell people to treat other people the way you treat yourself. Well, I'm not going to treat other people the way yeah. I treat myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, treat, I treat everyone else way better than treat like We're tough, you know, uh, and I don't know if it's because we spend so much of our lives naturally uh, having to manage a lot in our bodies yeah. that we're, we're used to pushing through things and then we forget, Hey, you know, it's actually okay. If we don't push through this particular thing right now, we can actually go and rest. <laughs> we can read a book. We can watch a show. I don't know if you feel that way. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, um, uh, you know, I need to, you know, I said to Michael, I need to, for 2021, I need to read more often. I don't have to always be writing something. Um, mm. and that's the thing, like, and I don't have to write my goal every night was a thousand something words. It was like, it can be 30 words. It can be 300. It can be 20. It doesn't have to be a thousand, you know, um, and I don't have to drive myself to exhaustion to do something, uh, and I have to listen to my body more, um, you know, given the way the world is right now, uh, especially listen to your body. Yes, exactly. I agree. Okay. Um, oh, my very last question. This is what I want to ask everybody. Tell us a fun fact about yourself. A fun fact about myself. Um, oh, you got Irish for a second well, there. You know, um, well, okay. I appeared naked on stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was um, back. So my, my uh, degree from university is actually in theater. 
and I ended up doing um, the, I was, I played King in uh, the un, un, unfortunate, crap, uh, Unfortunate Human Remains and the True Nature of Love by Bad Frazier. I probably totally got the title of the, of the play wrong. Um, we'll but, fix it in post. <laughs> okay, well, I hope. But uh, it's by, by Brad Fraser, and it's just a lo lovely, lovely, messed up play. Um, and the director thought, well, pe people do get naked in it, they do have sex, um, but you think you're on stage, right? Well, the director said, well, hey, let's let's go big, go home. And so there were a lot of, lot of there was a lot of nudity. Um, so I was um, fully frontal, fully back on stage. Um, and oddly freeing, very freeing. It was like, you know, um, what, doing the new scene and, hear, and see, hearing the, oh my God, you know. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know. But yeah, so that, that's the fun fact. You know, um, you're just so amazing. <laughs> I didn't know this about you. That's fantastic. You know, I have heard other actors talk about that feeling, that free feeling, I guess. Once you're naked, there's nowhere else to go from there. So it's not like you can hide, you know. <laughs> well, although you do wonder where you put your cell phone, um, but you know, <laughs> in a naughty place. Um, but no, I mean it was it was there was something about it. Something about um, I think I was drawn to dramatic arts because I got to be other people um, mm. and pretend to be other people. And then I realized, you know, early on, it was like, well, I want to find out who I am first. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Well put. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for coming on this very first podcast. I, I just enjoyed myself so much I got lost in it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Folks, you can learn more about Jameson Wolf and where to buy his books uh, on his author website, jamesonwolf.com and at his publisher website, wolfflowpress.ca. Transcripts for In the Cosm are available at catgordon.com. That's C-A-I-T gordon.com. Thanks for joining us. Take care and stay safe.